Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. It is so good to be in the house of God with you this morning. So good to be able to see your faces. I've gotten very good at recognising people just from their foreheads. I don't know about you, but I never noticed people's eyebrows before this last season. Except for my husband's, of course. They got some quite close attention regularly. But everyone else's, I've started to notice your eyebrows, so I apologise for that. But it is wonderful to be back in church. It is wonderful to be able to see you all today. I'd like to welcome everyone who has joined us online. It is great to have you with us today as well. So we are going to be finishing up our Freedom Series today. Yee! (laughs) So this topic, it has so many angles to it. You might have noticed over the last couple of weeks, so Pastor Mel preached a couple of weeks ago about our individual freedoms and how we walk those out as believers. And of course, last week we had Mitch Hammond from International Justice Mission who came and and shared with us about the incredible work that that they are doing um, in addressing slavery across the world and rescuing people out of slavery. So this week I want to draw us back in a little bit. We're going to bring it a little closer to home and talk about personal, spiritual, emotional, physical freedom. See, of all the elements of the faith journey that we as believers walk out, of all of what Jesus ministered on this earth and made possible through his life and death, this freedom thing has seized my life the most. I could talk about this topic for days, but don't worry. I'm only going to keep you for three or four hours today. You're all good. But I could. I could talk about it for days. I am utterly convinced that Jesus does not stop at our salvation, but that he wants to transform our lives here on earth. I am utterly convinced that Jesus wants to break us out of the things in our lives that hold us back from living fully. I am utterly convinced that we have a personal enemy that is working constantly against us, but that God can take anything he throws at us and build us up. And I am utterly convinced that there is no issue and no person that is out of God's desire or God's ability to set free, spiritually, emotionally, physically, in every way. But I wasn't always utterly convinced. So on the, uh, the 7th, I believe it was a Tuesday, the 7th of April, 2009, I went with a friend to receive prayer ministry. In fact, I was probably more likely taken by a friend to receive prayer ministry. I was 28 years old. I'd been living, well, I'd been a Christian for as long as I could remember. But I felt like a prisoner on the inside. And I felt like I was like, just helpless to change. I had lived for so long in fear. I had lived for so long bound to and bound by events of the past. I had lived for so long in heaviness and depression and impossible emotional pain. So desperate was I that morning that I said to God that if this didn't work, I was out. I was out of this thing called life. I couldn't do it anymore. That's how desperate I was. See, at that time, I wasn't utterly convinced that God wanted to set me free. In fact, I didn't even know what this freedom thing was. 
But what got me into that prayer room that day was this really small voice, this really small knowing in me that the way that I was living was not how a loving God would want me to live. And I am so thankful I listened to that small voice that day and clung to the thread of hope that it brought because that day God did a transformational work in my life. He broke things off me. He got me out of mess that had been holding on to me. The Amanda that walked out of that room was different to the Amanda that walked in. It was like night and day. And God has continued to do that work in me ever since. And he's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. See, God wants to set every one of us free from the things that hold us back in life. The life of every believer is a journey to the freedom that Jesus alone can bring. So near the beginning of his earthly ministry, Jesus stepped into the synagogue at Nazareth. He was handed the scroll of Isaiah and he read these words. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And the scriptures say that as Jesus put the scroll down, every eye was fixed on him. I bet you could have heard a pin drop in the synagogue that day. Such was the weight of the words that he had just spoken. See, Isaiah had written those words over 700 years before in anticipation of a saviour. And in that moment, Jesus declared, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. If Jesus was at all concerned about being, you know, a woke pastor, that would have been a mic drop moment right there. Like the weight of that. The reason Jesus was sent to earth was to preach the good news and to set the captives free. I don't know about you, but if Jesus lived and died for it, I want, I want it. If it was so important that it was prophesied 700 years prior to his declaration, then I don't want anything less than all of it in my life. And he has all of it for all of us. So there's a young man in the Bible by the name of Joseph. He was the son of Jacob, who from Jacob, God raised the whole nation of Israel. See, God led Joseph through literal captivity to freedom. And I think there's some keys that we can draw out of his life when it comes to this idea of living spiritually bound and living free. So we're going to pick that apart a little bit. So Joseph was a young man deeply loved by his father. Jacob had given Joseph a, a beautiful cloak. Maybe you know the story. It's described as ornate. It's described as elaborate. It's described as regal and colourful. And as a gift from his father, this coat represented Joseph's identity. It represented the favour of a father. 
A father saying, everything that I have is yours. You will walk in my ways. And Joseph was a young man who had dreams. He had visions of a future. He dreamt to reign. He dreamt to rule. But not everyone, including Joseph's brothers, loved the favour that Joseph walked in. And not everyone loved the dreams that he held. So one day Jacob sends Joseph out to check on his brothers who are tending the flocks. And as Joseph's brothers see him coming, they had to plan. This is what the scriptures say in Genesis 37. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Nice. Nice stuff. And right here in this one verse, we find the nature of spiritual warfare. See, as God's child, you walk in his favour. You have been given an identity in him that sets you apart from the world. He has put dreams and purpose in you. And he has called you to reign in this life. And you have a very real spiritual enemy who sees it, who knows it, and is out to destroy what God has given you. See, Joseph's brothers may have been the ones that unfolded the attack that day. And, you know, in your and my life, there are going to be people that are part of bringing harm in our lives. But we have to recognise the true source of the opposition that we face so that we know how to fight it. Maybe you know these scriptures, John 10.10. The thief, the devil, comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Ephesians 6. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We have to know the true source of our opposition. You see, as Joseph approached his brothers that day, he was unsuspecting of the threat or their plans. He was alone and he was outnumbered. So my first point today is this. The enemy will try to find every vulnerable place in your life to come against you. But we can be alert to his ways. Don't walk alone. Surround yourself with others in the faith who can be a part of your defence. It is one purpose of the body of Christ. It is why we have been placed in a body. So that we have others who have our back. We have others who are seeing what we can't see. So what happens next for Joseph? In Genesis 37. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robes the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it. See whether it is your son's robe. He recognised it and said, 
it's my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. So the second point from today is this. Your identity is the target of spiritual warfare. See, Joseph was stripped of his robe. His identity, his favour, that which his father had given him, that set him apart. Everything I do in this life flows from who I believe I am. Everything you do in this life flows from who you believe you are. The journey to freedom is about recognising what the enemy is trying to put on us. Trying to make us believe about ourselves. That is not in alignment with what God has given us. To take it off and to put back on the Father's cloak. So much of of captivity, so much of the spiritual bondage that we can find ourselves in is because we have simply believed with the enemy. We've believed what it is he has tried to tell us we are. And the devil will try to present you to God as torn and broken and dirty. Just as Joseph's brothers did. The scriptures tell us that the enemy is actually standing before God day and night accusing you and I, condemning you and I before God. But can I tell you, unlike Jacob, God doesn't believe a word of it. And neither should we. See, maybe you think God sees all sorts of negative things about you when he looks at you, but he doesn't. See, God takes, I believe, what the enemy presents. And he says, yep, that is my daughter Amanda's robe. You, enemy, have tried to devour her. You have torn it. I'm going to redeem it. I'm going to restore it. So I have the incredible privilege of ministering or being a part of, you know, people's freedom journeys here at C3 Watson through our freedom groups and through our freedom prayer ministry. And I was a part of a prayer session just last week, I think it was, for someone who'd come through our freedom group. And when we opened this prayer session, God gave me this really beautiful picture. And the picture was of uh, like a fossicking tray or a sieve. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Yep, okay, great. I don't know what the technical term is, but a fossicking sieve. And the picture that I had was of God and he was you know, scooping up dirt and dumping it in the sieve and giving it a shake around. And the dirt was falling out of the, the, the bottom of the tray, landing on the ground. And what remained in the tray, in the sieve, was precious stones, precious jewels. See, when we walk a freedom with God, we can get caught up in the dirt. We can get put off by having to confront or be confronted by the dirt in our lives. And it's got to be dealt with. It's absolutely got to be dealt with. But God is not focused on the dirt. He's focused on the treasures he wants to reveal in you. Who you truly are. So Joseph's Joseph's brothers used lies and they used deception to entrap Joseph and to condemn him before his father. And that is exactly what the enemy will do in our lives. So when you walk in the truth of who you are, you walk in freedom. The enemy will say, sinner, 
but God says saint. The enemy will say alone, but God says adopted. The enemy says poor, God says blessed. Condemned, forgiven, accepted, rejected, separated, reconciled. Victim, overcomer, and the list goes on. 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So now Potiphar, so now Joseph is captive in Egypt, and he's made a slave, slave in the house of Potiphar. And Joseph again finds himself the target. Have you experienced that in life? <laughs> that when... The odds are against you. The kicks still keep coming. He again finds himself the target. So Potiphar's wife takes a liking to Joseph. She tries to seduce him. He continues to refuse her advances. She doesn't like that so much. So she lies about him. There they are again. Lies about him to her servants and to her husband, claiming he tried to sleep with her. And he's thrown in prison. So Joseph goes from being captive to being a slave to being imprisoned. You know, spiritual bondage rarely happens in a moment. There's generally a process whereby we allow the enemy to have greater access into our lives. You know, that agreeing with the lies that he tells us, that's a real key. The more we agree with him, the more the door opens. And he gains more and more territory, more and more authority in our lives. But here is the good news. Written by Isaiah and proclaimed by Jesus Christ. He came for the oppressed. He came for the captives. He came for the slaves. And he came for the prisoners to set them free. So the third point from today. No matter where you're at in this journey where you're at in the spiritual battle, God is present in it. And he has a way out of it. He will walk you to freedom. So twice in the story of Joseph's life, when he was in captivity and when he was in prison, the Bible tells us that in the midst of it all, God's blessing and favour were with Joseph. So in Genesis 39... But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. See, God's blessing and favour do not leave us because the enemy is at work in our lives. It's there to sustain us through it. You may think that the fact that you are stuck or wrestling with this thing, and maybe you've been stuck and wrestling with this thing for 20 years. I did. Or more. You may think that that is evidence of God abandoning you. And I have thought that at times. I have felt forgotten and invisible and worthless. But really it's just evidence that you have an enemy who is against you. That God is not done with you yet. And that maybe there are some keys to unlocking those prison gates that you haven't yet taken a hold of. So sometimes we can get caught up just looking at the captivity side of things. Easy to do when we're surrounded by prison gates, when we're restricted and restrained in life. We are aware of our limitations. 
can I encourage you, look for God's favour and blessing wherever you're in, wherever you are. Joseph could have sat in self-pity and who knows, maybe he did. I don't know about you, but I have thrown some truly spectacular pity parties for one in my life. I'm very good at it. (laughs) But Joseph didn't lose hope. He found God's favour and he recognised that God could still use him in that place. He was put in charge of all the other prisoners. See, there you go, that call to rain. It hadn't left him because the enemy can't actually take it. He was put in charge of all the other prisoners and God used him to speak into their lives, interpret their dreams. See, Joseph didn't, didn't let the gifts and the purposes die because he wasn't in the ideal circumstances of life. God used him where he was. And God will use you where you are as he walks you to a new place. So two years later, at the age of 30, Joseph was released from prison. Two years later, he was brought before Pharaoh to again interpret his dream. So Pharaoh, who's another father figure, recognised and spoke out the true identity of this young man. He spoke out what God had said all along about Joseph and he put him in charge of all of Egypt. He went from a prison cell to leading all of Egypt. He was set in place to reign. So Genesis 42 says that Pharaoh put robes of fine linen on Joseph. He gave him his signet ring, which symbolised his authority, and put chains around his, wealth, his neck, which symbolised his wealth. So not only did Joseph's identity get restored, he got so much more. So much more, and that is such the heart of God. From the ages of 17 to 30, Joseph lives in bondage. Two years of that in prison. Yet even before Joseph was in bondage, God had a plan to redeem him. Even before you were stuck and struggling in that pattern of thinking or feeling or that experience or that behaviour, God had plans to redeem you. For you to rise up out of it, out of slavery, out of the prison cell, to a new position of reigning in your own life, in your God-given authority. That scripture in Isaiah that Jesus read out in the synagogue earlier, well, it goes on to say this. They, and I'm going to change it to you, you will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You will rebuild the ruins and restore the places long devastated. You will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. See, from here, God built up again those dreams that, Jesus, that Joseph held on to. He was planted and rose up to reign to do the good works in the land that God had placed him. He was given a family and ultimately Joseph's brothers and father came to Egypt and their relationship was restored. After that day in April 2009, when I had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit, when I was set free from so much, God started to build and restore in me a new identity, a renewed mind, 
new purpose. So much so that I often think the enemy has done me a favour. He has done me a favour in what he has brought against my life. Because what he brought for destruction, God has used for construction. And Joseph knew this. And he said to his brothers later in Genesis 45, You didn't send me here, God did. You didn't send me to Egypt, God did. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of this entire household and ruler of all of Egypt. So no matter what the enemy brings in your life or how he has tried to enslave you, God is still sovereign. He is still sovereign and he will walk you to freedom. Will you allow him to? You know, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery to the Midianites and he was later sold again to Potiphar. I don't think it's news to anyone that there is a cost to living bound and we're the ones that pay it. We pay it in our mental health, we pay it in our physical health, we pay it in our emotions, our relationships, our finances, we pay it in so many ways. And there is a cost to freedom, but Christ paid for that on the cross. See, our journey to freedom means saying, I'm not paying that price anymore. I'm not a slave to that anymore. My freedom has been paid for in full. Thank you, Jesus. So if you're here, I don't know, maybe as I've been talking, I've been praying and hoping that God will be highlighting some things to people in your life, some areas of your life that maybe you've been struggling for a long time, maybe a short time. But He wants to set you free. And you have some options because you're in the body of Christ. You're not walking alone. You're surrounded by other faith-filled people. I want to encourage you. Take a hold of that prayer card that you've got in front of you. Write down the things that God He's been talking to you about. You can make it anonymous. We as a church, we're going to be praying for you. Put it in the bucket as you leave. We're going to be praying for you. And there's going to be people here that can pray for you after the service if you would like them to today. We run freedom groups that you can sign up with and you can have walk this journey out with others alongside of you. But God has a plan to set you free. I am utterly convinced. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.